Well, let's go ahead and take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Last week we uh, spoke on finances a little bit. Um, said it's The Bible says a lot about finances and these messages that we've been preaching on Sunday nights. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, every week as I prepare messages, I'm trying to think of things that will help families be stronger and help help us to have stronger families. We need that strong family unit. And of course, I mentioned last week, one of the biggest causes of problems in marriages and families is financial problems. And unfortunately, it's not really a part of our culture anymore to follow the biblical principles that are just all over the Bible, especially in the book of Proverbs. In the book of Proverbs there, there's a lot there. And... Uh, because of that, we've just kind of gotten ourselves in this mess. We've ended up in the rat race that you know the rest of the world's in, and we shouldn't be in that position. We ought to, we, people ought to have time to be able to serve the Lord. People ought to be able to have time for their families. We uh, one of the things that our president was speaking about quite a bit in his State of the Union address that I. Actually agreed with I didn't uh, I agreed with the problem I didn't really agree with the solution but one of the things that he was talking about and there's been a lot of talk about is how it's hard to find a job these days that's actually paying a living wage where you can go and have one job and have a decent living from that uh, you've got it now where you know both spouses are having to work and sometimes work multiple jobs just to be able to pay the bills. And there are there are there's a lot of jobs out there that I mean honestly what they are asking people to do and what the, and the small amount they're paying for I, I do think it's a problem and uh, I, you know we could all argue all day long about ways to fix that problem but um, the truth is you know when, when it comes down to it, there there are so many problems but one of the biggest problems that I think we have when it comes to our finances. Is we like we talked about last week uh, that verse, the verse in Proverbs I wrote it down because I knew I would forget it Proverbs twenty seven twenty three where it says Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy herds. It's clear in the Bible we ought to keep close track of what we have and be diligent to handle what we possessed uh, and to be very be very frugal with that. And to be very careful, and just to know the state, to know where we're at. You know, many people, if you were to go to them and say, "How much are you paying every month?" or you know, "How how much debt do you have right now?" Well, they're not going. They don't even know. You know, how much of your, uh, what percentage of your income is going towards housing? What percentage is going towards all these different things? They couldn't tell you. How much are you spending a week? You know, on entertainment, and they don't know. I talked to a guy the other day. And I don't know how much money he was making, but I, I was talking to him, and he was this guy watches a lot of TV, and you know he was talking about you know his you know he has cable, and he was naming off all these different extra things you can have that you pay monthly for, you know the Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, Prime, and he's telling me all these things he has, like you know the HBO and all these extra things you pay for, and he's not telling me the prices of them, but I'm I'm like. Adding them up in my head, and I'm thinking, man, you are paying a lot of money just to sit in front of that TV. I thought, good night, you know. And you know, he acted like it was no big deal. Maybe he had the money; he could afford all those things. But I thought, good night, you know. I couldn't do that. 
that would take up. If I did that, I wouldn't be able to afford all kinds of different things. And I'll bet if I would have said, "How much are you paying a month just on television?" I don't know if he would have been able to tell me a number. A lot of times we don't know. We never really, when it comes to finances, people they don't sit down and actually evaluate where they're at. We talked last week about the that steward where the man, the ruler came to him and said, "You know, give an account." Of thy stewardship, we ought to be able to do that. You know, we make sure here at the church that we are good stewards with not your money, but the Lord's money. You know, and we want to make sure that we can account for what comes in and for what's going out. And I think everybody would have a huge problem if, as a church, we're like, I have no idea what we're spending on this. I, yeah, you know, we had that big offering last week. Where did it all go? I don't know. You know that's gonna that's gonna start causing some problems. But at the same time, and I, I know it's none of my business. I have no business to come to you and say where all where's all your money going. But at the same time, I think you ought to be able to do the same thing. Say so this is what I've got coming in, and this is where it's going. And unfortunately, many aren't able to do that. And I want to go to Matthew chapter six, verse twenty four, because I want us. You know, last week we uh, you know we kind of went and I gave you just some. Percentages. There's there's no Bible verses that tell us this much is what should be designated to different categories of spending. All right, we don't have that except when it comes to tithe. That's the only thing that uh, actual number that we have. But I want to ask another question tonight. I want to try to just get you thinking about something, and I'm going to do some be throwing some more math at you just because I want you to be thinking. There's some things when it comes to our financial decisions. We've just got to keep in mind and we've got to be asking ourselves so we don't get ourselves in big trouble. But in Matthew chapter 6, 24, it's a very well-known passage of Scripture. It says, No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That word mammon, it, just, it means wealth. Okay? You, can't, you can't serve two masters. And the question I want to ask tonight is, I want all of you to ask yourself is, who am I serving? Who am I really serving? And what we're going to talk about, and one of the areas that we're going to look at, and there's a lot of different areas we're going to look at, but the one area we're going to look at specifically tonight is debt. Alright, we're going to look at debt. Now, I'm not, I'm not one of those total anti-debt people. I'm going to show you scripturally, I, it is not a sin to borrow money. Okay, it's not, it's not a sin to borrow money. Uh, if you have decided when it comes to your finances, you're not going to borrow money for anything, I, don't, I think that's great. I think that's wonderful. Uh, I don't believe you're sinning. But at the same time, if you have borrowed money, if, you're, if you have a mortgage right now, I don't think that you are not right with God in that situation. Or if you owe money, maybe you have a car payment, I don't think that means you're a bad Christian. Okay, And we see here in Matthew chapter 25, verse 26, <clears throat> Um, Jesus is given a parable here, and we know this parable is the parable of the talents. And this, he goes to the one who only had the one talent and went and he buried it. And he said, His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury, which is interest. Okay, we see here this servant that didn't at least put his money in the bank so he could earn interest. He was being a bad 
servant. It says wicked and slothful servant. Now, when you put your money in the bank and it draws interest, where's that interest coming from? Well, it's coming from somebody who borrowed money and are paying it back with interest. Okay, so uh, clearly here in the New Testament, with Jesus giving a parable, we don't see a problem with interest. In fact, uh, in fact, in Psalms 112 verse five, it says, "A good man showeth favor and lendeth; he will guide his affairs with discretion." If it's a sin to borrow money, then I think it's safe to say it's a sin to lend money because you are causing someone else's sin. So if it's a sin to borrow, it's a sin, it's a sin to lend. For example, in, um, we say that it's a sin uh, to, to drink. Alright? You know, alcoholic beverage. And that means also it would be a sin, we say it's a sin to profit from that. Or to give someone else that. Because Habakkuk 2.15 says, Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink, that puttest thy bottle to him, and makest him drunken also, that thou mayest look on their nakedness. We see there's a problem not only with those who are getting drunk, but those who are contributing to it. And those who are profiting from them getting drunk. That is clearly a sin. You are profiting from a sin. Okay, and if we are profiting from lending and borrowing's a sin, then that that doesn't make sense. So it's clearly, and there's all kinds of verses in the Bible about about lending we could look at in the Old Testament when God gave the Old Testament law. He wanted them, especially for the poor, to open their hand wide. And when they, if they needed help, if they needed, He wanted them to lend. There's some more verses we're going to look at in a little bit. But if it's a sin to borrow money, it's a sin to put your money in the bank. It's a sin for you to have a bank account. Why do you think they have those nice banks with the safes, with the tellers that are getting paid, with your those online bankings that cost money to have those websites that give you those debit cards that you can use and swipe anywhere to spend and withdraw cash and the ATM machines? Why do you think they give you all those things? It's so they can lend your money out and make interest on it. So, if it's a sin to borrow money, it's a sin for you to put your money in the bank because whether you authorize it or not, they're using your money while it's in there. That's where they get the money from. They're getting it from your account. And that's just the way it works. So, I just want to make it clear from the beginning, it's not a sin to borrow money. Okay? And But borrowing, though, in the Bible, one thing we do need to recognize while we see... Uh, you know, borrowing and lending throughout the Bible. One thing, the area where we have a problem today is really our mindset when it comes to borrowing. Unfortunately, you can take it a little too far. You can get a little too carried away with it. And you can get in way over your head real quick if you're not careful. And one thing that we see in the Bible, and I think this is a good mindset to have, but borrowing, it was something that was mostly done during difficult times. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 7, it says, If there be among you a poor man of one of thy brethren within any of thy gates in thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not harden thine heart, nor shut thine hand from thy poor brother. But thou shalt open thine hand wide unto him, and shalt surely lend him sufficient for his need in that which he wanteth. He doesn't say you have to give him whatever he wants. But he said, for your poor brother, he said, open your hand wide, lend what he needs. And then, look at this, verse 9, beware 
that there be not a thought in thy wicked heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of release, is at hand, and that I be evil against thy poor brother, and thou givest him not, and he cry unto the Lord against thee, and it be a sin unto thee. Thou shalt surely give him, and thine heart shall not be grieved when thou givest unto him, because that for this thing the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thy works, and in all thou puttest thine hand unto. For the poor shall never cease out of the land. Therefore I command thee, saying, Thou shalt open thine hand wide unto thy brother, to thy poor, and to thy needy in thy land. Boy, that part scares me there where it talks about him crying unto the Lord, and it becoming a sin unto them. God wanted them to be generous and to lend because you know what? There was going to be those that were poor. There was going to be those that are going through difficult times. And borrowing was something that usually it was something that when they had to do it, it was because times were tough. Maybe there was maybe there was a famine in the land, and maybe somebody who was more well off, somebody who was a prosperous and who had more than they needed, they were able to help that brother out and get them through that difficult time. Not for free. So they they were allowed to make interest. They weren't supposed to get rich off that interest. We see that in the Bible. They were never supposed to use uh, lending to get rich. It was okay for them to profit from it. They weren't supposed to do it for free. But they were not supposed to get rich and get greedy with it. And that's another thing too. When you look at what's going on in the banking world today, I mean, people are getting filthy. Filthy rich from that. I mean, it is it is crazy how rich they're getting. And they weren't supposed to be taskmasters to these people. And I think you'll see too when we look at some things here a little bit later, uh, they can kind of be taskmasters. I'll tell you, man, some of them banks out there, they're, they're mean. I'm telling you, they are ruthless. Uh, and... You know, any more too, we were talking about it this morning, you're not even dealing with human beings anymore. It's all like you know, computers and numbers and you're just in some column somewhere. And they will do whatever they can to get as much as they can out of you. They don't care what it does to you. So you're not if you try to go I mean, like like even our when we bought our house, we went to a local bank here in town. It's like, hey, trying to get a loan to get a house. Oh, okay, well we'll uh, you need to talk to this person. So they called one person out. She came and set us all up. Well, she was this independent mortgage broker. And she got us a loan through some group. I don't even know what it was called. And then they immediately took it and they sold it to J.P. Morgan Chase. I don't like them. Okay, They're one of the bad guys. And I'm like... What happened here? <laughs> I didn't know it. Were. I learned a lot about it from when we bought our house. But I'm like, I don't really like this group. And uh, I wish I had the money to just pay the whole thing off and say, you people get out of my life. And you know, and I think we'll be okay as long as we pay our bill every month. We were talking about today. I'm scared to find out what would happen. Because I know these people, man, they are they're ruthless. And they're not following biblical principles when it comes to lending at all. And they're getting filthy rich off the backs of people. But uh, we need to borrowing though in the Bible it was used during it was used during difficult times and you know nowadays we're just so used to doing it we so anxious to do it it doesn't matter that's just automatically what people think hey I'll I'll just go borrow the money and they're doing it during the good times and that's one of the things that got us in trouble in America a lot of people in trouble 
is when things were going good, everybody's thinking, oh, it's safe to borrow. You know, debt's a great tool. And they're borrowing, borrowing, borrowing. You know, I've got this kind of income. Well, then all of a sudden, you know, we have a recession that comes, almost a depression. People are losing jobs. And now they don't have an income with all this debt out there and they can't borrow anymore. And boy, it, and it, I mean, it really, it put a lot of people under. I mean, the, um, all the foreclosures and things that took place. I mean, it was just, it was, it was a very sad thing, and many people are still dealing with it and still suffering for it. But it, it was very difficult, and that's because during good times, everybody, that's when people are like borrowing like crazy. You hear all these commercials, you know, trying to get you, you know, just borrow, borrow, borrow. We drove by a place here just today and saw a sign, you know, pay off them holiday cards, you know, come get a loan. It's like, that way, you can be our taskmaster instead of you know these other people. I mean, we're I mean these things were it's constantly advertised and oh this is a great time to you know get into debt. It's like wait if things are so great, then maybe I shouldn't need all those things. And we're going to talk about and we'll see too you know kind of why we do that. But I'm just trying to show you kind of the biblical mindset behind borrowing and lending in the Bible. It was something for during difficult times. But our greatest fear when it comes to borrowing, should be not being able to pay it back. Many people, and I've heard people say things like this, and boy, it just irritates the snot out of me, and I'm just going to be frank with you, I think it's wicked. You know, I'm just going to borrow, and you know, if we have, we'll just file bankruptcy if we have to. I mean, it's like they plan on it. You know, we'll borrow, and if things don't go perfect, you know, we'll just file bankruptcy. Like, that's, that's fine, that's wonderful. You know, and that is a horrible attitude. Proverbs 3.27 says, Withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. Say not unto thy neighbor, Go and come again, and tomorrow I will give when thou hast it by thee. Devise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwelleth securely by thee. If you owe somebody something, and if it's due, then you ought to, if it's in the power of your hand to do give it to them. Okay? Give them what they need. They are living securely by they're they're depending on that money from you, if they're maybe you're uh, they're renting a house from you, okay? If you're renting a house from somebody, that landlord they're probably paying a mortgage on that house. They're depending on your money to be able to keep paying their bills too, and they need it. And if you've got it, boy, don't withhold it from them. That's a terrible that's a terrible thing to do. And he said, knowing money, I mean, it's something you know we all do in a sense. You know, everybody. Right now, you know, we all kind of owe money to, uh, you know, the electric company. Okay, but you know, at the same time, if it's not due until the first, right now, you've got an agreement. Things are good between now and the first. They don't, you don't have to. But on the first, you ought to give it to them. You, everybody, you're kind of in debt right now to the phone company. You, know, you owe them X amount of dollars, but it's not due until the fifteenth. You're fine right now, but when the fifteenth comes, they need to have their money. And it's okay to owe people money, but when the time comes where you're supposed to pay it, you need to do it. Have that attitude. There are people, though, we see in the Bible who try to get out of paying what they owe are wicked. I know those are strong words, but look at Psalms chapter 37, verse 21 says, "The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth." Okay, the wicked borroweth and payeth not again. 
And listen, I know sometimes things happen. Sometimes circumstances and things come up. Know that happens. And that's why we ought to be really careful. When I'm, I, I think it's really good when it comes to debt that we are extremely careful. That we've all, that you always have a backup plan. Alright? Okay, well, we're gonna borrow money for this, but what if? Okay, you know, that's the nice thing about a house. You know, with a house, those are pretty safe investments. If something happens and you're not able to pay your mortgage, you know, you could probably turn around and sell your house and square things away at the bank. Hopefully, you can do that. I know it's tough these days because people are upside down because from borrowing too much. You know, same thing with cars. Okay, I don't really have the money to pay cash for a car right now, but if something happens and I lose my job, could I turn around and sell it and pay the bank back? You ought to always have a backup plan. We ought to be scared to death of not being able to pay debt back. But many people these days, that is their that's their plan. Oh man, we're behind. You know, and they'll go. They'll apply for credit cards. They'll run them up. I'll just file bankruptcy. And I mean, to do that intentionally—that that is that's so wicked. I know sometimes, like I said, things come up and people they get in a position they never planned on getting. They don't even know really how they got there. But we ought. That's why we need to be careful. We need to uh, watch what we're doing. Pay very close attention. But no. But here's the thing: no matter where you are at financially, we, this is what we've got to admit. And this is what I want you to really look at tonight. When you have debt, you are literally you're working for a lender. Proverbs twenty-two verse seven says, "The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender." Okay, you are servant to the lender. And just to kind of prove that, said I, said you know, I like doing the math sometimes and just figuring things out. And listen, sometimes these things are really depressing. I didn't mention this last week, but last week when we talked about getting on a budget, okay, when we first got on a budget and we sat down and started figuring everything out because we hadn't been doing that for years and we we had racked up some debt, we had we never had a budget. And when we actually sat down. And did a budget. I, I didn't warn everybody about this, but if you went and started doing some of that, you know what? Uh, we had quite a few arguments during that time. So it, it, you know, there was there was quite a bit there was quite a bit of fights going on because, you know, it, and it was it was it was very painful, I guess, to really get a good look at where we were at. She hated. I remember she's like, I don't, I don't want to see how much we owe. You know what I did? I would write it on the calendar. And the first of every month, I had the amount, our total debt amount on there. And then it was our goal at least every month to make sure that number was going down. And I, I had this thing in the computer where I kept it on there and I saw it all the time. Because I thought, I need to know where I'm at. So in our, on our budget, we're looking at what we're spending and we could see that future, you know, the future like, you know, how we're going to have to cut back somewhere. And it was depressing and it was painful to look at. But we needed to know where we were at because the situation wasn't going to get better. Just ignoring it. I mean, it might be painful to look to go and look and see what your checking account balance is. But you need to know before you go bounce a whole bunch of checks and have the banks charging you $20, $30 a bounce check. I mean, you don't want to go write a check for $10 and then have to pay back 36 to the bank. Okay, You don't want to do that. But that's what will happen if you don't get a painful sometimes look at it. But just you know, last week we talked about. I said I looked up that what the average income 
in Rock Falls, wasn't it? Said, you know, the average was thirty-two thousand a year. All right, so we got average Joe in Rock Falls making thirty-two thousand dollars a year. We talked about one fourth of your income is about what most people say what you should be spending on housing. So we got we got average Joe buys a house for a hundred thousand dollars on a thirty-year mortgage. Okay, and I went and did the mortgage calculator stuff. On 5% interest, which by the way, that's good interest rate. Alright, that's low. On 5% interest, in that 30 years, on a house for $100,000, he would pay back $88,000 in interest. $88,000 in interest. Now, if you're making $32,000 a year, that means he's working two years and nine months for the bank. Can you imagine your job you're doing right now if you worked for two years and nine months and got absolutely nothing? Would you not think that you were their slave? I think you'd say, yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of slavery in America still. There, there, there's a lot of it going on. So we, we ask for a lot of it. But two years and nine months. And that is nothing but, not for the house, for just the interest on that. That's four and a half weeks a year. Can you imagine if you had an extra four and a half weeks of vacation every year? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be an easier year for you if you had four and a half weeks a year? And you know how much, if we if we, we sit down and think, how much am I working for the bank? A lot of times I think we can find out why we don't have time to serve God. I think we could find out why we don't have time for our families like we need to have because it's all going towards Things like that, and we're just talking about interest tonight. We're not even talk. We haven't, we're not even going to get into taxes. Okay, you know how much we're all working for our government, and we ought to be doing something. Okay, I don't know if it's as much as we ought to, we are doing, but we ought to be contributing something. But I mean, good night. How much is just going to working for the government? It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, we're all basically government employees, not getting paid anything. You know, and uh, but also even just a car, something smaller. Okay, if average Joe goes and buys a fifteen thousand dollar car, which that's not a huge amount to pay for a vehicle these days, and eight percent loan, which I think that's a kind of in the middle loan, but at eight percent, he's going to pay back thirty two hundred and forty eight dollars in interest in five years. That's basically for that car. He's working one week a year, not for the car. For the interest to get that car. One week a year. Imagine if you could just have another extra week of vacation more than you have these years. That's just for one car. So, I mean, you think about, you know, four and a half weeks for the house, a week, and then, so I, I didn't even try doing numbers for credit cards and things. That's where the interest can really get crazy. I mean, just, you know, interest on furniture, interest on, I mean, people are paying interest on so many things these days. I mean, and can you imagine, okay, if you had people, all right, let's say, let's say Brother Lonnie, he goes and he gets one guy this year that basically is just going to work for him, whatever job that guy does for a week, everything that guy makes is going to go to him. All right, that, that would help out quite a bit. You know, you're getting a guy and you don't have to do anything for it. And then maybe the next year he gets two or three. Well, imagine you start getting hundreds of people that are just working for you and you don't have to do anything. That's how you get 
filthy, filthy rich. Okay, when you're working, you know, an hourly or even a salary job, there's only so much money. There's only so much one person can produce. There's only one, you know, so much that one person can accomplish. But when it comes to the banking, and you're getting all these people, okay, that are paying you interest, and I mean, you are you're going to get filthy rich fast. And that's what's happening. And unfortunately today, many people, our masters that we're serving are the banks. And we're spending a lot of time. And I'm not even saying that it's all bad. Okay, I'm not saying... Listen, they're loaning us the money so we can get our houses and get these things we need. Yeah, they ought to be getting something for it. But I just want to, I want you to ask yourself though, do I, do I want to be serving them that much? Do I want that much of my life devoted to paying people that I don't know? People that don't care about me. You know, what could I do more with that money myself? You know, I, I honestly, I think you would be better to yourself than they would. And uh you're going to be nicer, you know, we one of the things that we tried doing after we got out of that debt mess that we were in, you know, we started saving money that way when we needed things, we would just kind of give ourselves a loan. And you know what? When we weren't able to pay ourselves back when we wanted to, we were real nice to ourselves. You know, we didn't give ourselves fees. Uh, we didn't call our, ourselves harassing us. We didn't. We didn't do those things. And and but I'm telling you, some of these banks and things would. But questions. These are the things that you ought to ask yourself. And I just kind of gave you some ideas for how you can tell. There's. Uh, I I put an app on my phone. A um, loan calculator. You know, get that stuff on there before you go buy something. Figure it out. How much am I going to be paying? How much time is going to be spent? If I buy this vehicle, how much time am I going to be, you know, stacking boxes in a freezer for some person I don't even know? You know, I'm asking myself. We're looking for a van right now, so I'm asking those questions because I don't. I want to work here at the church. Okay, I don't want to. I'm not really. I'm not that interested in helping Walmart make. Another billion dollars. Okay, I'm trying to take care of myself. But how much time? But the question: How much time? I mean, look in your own life and where you're at financially. How much time am I spending working for lenders? And said it's clear in the Bible. It's not a sin if you're if you're spending some time working for lenders. I'm not telling you that you're not right with God, but I think it's good to know how much of my time is spent working for lenders. And then you just got to ask yourself. Do I want it to stay this way? Do I do I want to add more to that? Okay, wow, my you know my credit's great right now. If I wanted to, I could work for even more lenders. But do I want to? Do I really want to do that? I'd like to have more time with my family. I'd, maybe maybe if, if I drive a cheaper vehicle, if I live in a smaller house, I, I'd have more time to do the things that I really want to do. Ask yourself those questions. Also, you know, ask yourself why do I not have the time to do the things that I want to do. You know, what's what is eating up all my time? I I don't think that would be a bad idea too. You know, it's good to do a budget and find out where all your money's going. But maybe do a do that with your time. Document okay, how much time is spent you know working for lenders? How much time is spent watching commercials getting me to go get into more debt? So, you know, how much time am I devoting to watching these people's, you know, advertisements that are making me their slave even more? Now, how much time am I spending in front of that TV? I mean, we we saw in the Super Bowl what were they paying like three million for the commercials, for a thirty second commercial. 
You know what? They weren't doing that just to throw their money away. It pays off. It obviously pays off or people wouldn't do it. I remember when it was only a million dollars to do that. But you know what? It works so good. Hey, let's start charging these people more. And they said, man, we we really made out good after that last commercial. Let's do it again. And that, not to mention what they're spending making the commercials, getting a lot of these famous people to do it. I mean, it's it's crazy. And we spend so much time looking in on that stuff, zoning in on it. Oh, i got to have that car. You know, and look at that cool commercial. And then we go, I don't have enough money for that car, but if I, I'm willing to spend six months of my life working for a lender, they'll help me out. You know, ask yourself those questions, but then I'm not going to have time to go on that vacation. I'm not going to have time to, you know, go to church. I'm going to have to work another job. Ask yourself those questions. Also, you know, why do I not have the money that I need to be obedient to God? Okay. Are, it, is it because of all the debt that you're not able to pay your tithe or give to missions or help those in need or even pay what you owe in time? Is that why you're not able to keep up with your bills? You've got just too much going towards interest. And these are questions that we need to be able to ask ourselves and give an answer to and sit down and figure it out. I'm telling you too, it's painful. And if you do it, Said, yeah, be prepared, all right? You know, there's going to be some arguments and stuff going on. And you might want to, you might want to do some praying beforehand because it's, it's not a fun, it's not a fun thing to do, but it is, it's necessary because it'll catch up with you eventually. But then, you know, another question you could ask, and I think this is really why we get in trouble when it comes to debt, but that's, why is it that we don't just save up for our purchases? Now think about it. When you save up for a purchase, you you have all that money there that's there in case something bad happens. Okay, if you're wanting to buy a vehicle, okay. I mean, first of all, one of the reasons cars cost so much right now is because nobody saves up for them. Everybody just gets loans, so they can charge more because people will pay more. Because because of loans, but when you but when you're saving up, it's hard to, you know cough, coughing up all that money at once. It's kind of tough, and you probably won't you won't spend as much if you save up for it. Okay, which uh, that's not always a bad thing. But think about it. You, you're saving up that money all that time. You're saving that money that's in the bank. You're getting interest instead of pay, instead of paying interest. Okay, now you're the one getting paid instead of you paying somebody else. If something happens along the way, something, you know, some extra expense comes up, all right, we got to wait another month to buy our car. You've got you're you're prepared for it. You've been you've saved up for it. It's so much easier. You know how stressful it can be? Maybe this okay, this winter, everybody's heat bills way up. Okay? It's uh it's been cold out there. Everybody's heat bills up, and you know what? It's stressful when those big bills come in that you weren't really expecting. But if you've been saving up for something, you've got that backup money right there. We can take care of it. But if you've got if you've are if you've gotten a loan and you're paying it back in payments with interest, you don't have that choice. 
I remember when we got rid of our car payments and we were saving up to buy a vehicle, there were some months where we were like, you know what? We had it in our budget car payment. And we were just we were saving it. And I remember um, there were some months where we're like, you know what, we're gonna have to skip car payment this month. And we were able to. You know why? Because it wasn't owed. It was being saved. I mean the stress level is gonna go way down. And I'm telling you too, when we bought that blue van, we got it dirt cheap too. I mean, it was a huge blessing how cheap we got that. And I paid cash for that thing, man. I never enjoyed buying a vehicle so much in my life. Okay, I only paid $2,200 for it, but I was proud of that $2,200. And it's been a good vehicle and lasted a long time. And it did. It felt so much better than that red van that's out there that I don't care that much for anymore that I got a loan. I paid about almost four times, three times as much for that. And I didn't have as good of a feeling as when I paid cash for the one. But think about why don't we ever save up for purchases. That used to be what people did. And so all that time you're saving up, you're making interest, and you've got a backup plan if something goes wrong. Where when you're in debt, you've got to worry all the time. You've got to go and, hey, it's cold out. We we can't keep our heat up. And you're going to have to be freezing in your house all winter because you can't afford to pay a higher heat bill. It's just it's It's a horrible position to put yourself in. It's going to be a lot of extra stress. But another question, is it because I'm going through hard times or is it because I get greedy that I can't wait? When it comes to getting a loan, it's clear, it's not wrong, but is it because I'm going through tough times or or am I just being greedy right now? Do I just, have I got to have that new big screen TV? So bad, listen. You know, my TV in my house. I got a I got a nice TV. I'm proud of that TV. I paid only two hundred fifty dollars for it. When I bought it, it didn't work, and I took a chance, bought it, paid somebody to get it fixed. I've had it for three or four years now, and it's still good. I paid a very small amount of money on that, and you know, just before I was looking at one of these fancy places, and they you know had these like twelve or eighteen months, same as cash. Thought, oh man, that's nothing. But it's like no. I don't want to do that. And you just enjoy those things so much more. You do when you pay cash, but sometimes people get greedy. I've got to have that TV today. Why? Is it because your 50 inches isn't big enough anymore? I mean, why do you have to have it today? Save up for it. You will enjoy it a lot better. It's that I want it now mentality. And we're the advertisements and things, we're bombarded with that stuff every day. And it is... What I'm talking about here is totally against our culture, but our culture is to be in a mess financially and to be in way over your head. You don't want to be that. You know, and another question too, when you ask yourself, is it because I'm going through hard times? Also think though, even though I've been going through these hard times my whole life. You know, it's funny how sometimes some folks they've just been in a mess and they've just been you know, one dollar away from starvation for years. And it's like, are you sure that maybe we don't have a lifestyle problem here or a spending problem here? I mean, you've been in this mess for a really long time. Have you ever thought about slowing down your spending? <laughs> have you ever thought about... And it's... we So we it's you really got to do a personal 
evaluation. And look. But you know, many times we throw out all the biblical rules about money because we don't know how something's going to work out. We say that our hope is in the Lord and that we believe God, but we don't always show it with our finances. Something, you know, a lot of times we are, the truth is, we're dependent on that credit card to get us out of a situation instead of God. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 24. I'm going to close with this verse right here. Romans 8, 24. It says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Okay, If you can see how God is going to do something, then there is no hope. That's not hope. You can see how it's going to be done. If you're going through a difficult financial time, or maybe maybe there's just something that you really need. You need that you need that new purchase. You need that new vehicle, or you got a bill coming up that you need to pay, and you're like, Lord, I you know, I need you to I need you to come through here for me. Lord, I need you to provide. And the whole time though, it's it's in the back of your mind. I can't see how God's going to do this. I'll just use a credit card. I'll just. It, you're you're dependent on the credit card. Your hope is in the credit card, and it's like, well, I, I didn't know what to do. You know, the Lord wouldn't show me. Well, if the Lord would have showed you, then why did you need hope? Why did you need faith? Okay, if we hope, if we hope for that, we see not. Okay, we don't always know how God's going to work things out. We don't always know how God's going to provide. But here's the key, though. And this part's it's almost painful. It says, you know, if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience. That's the problem right there. That's why we get in financial trouble, is we are not patient. And we all want patience, but you know what I have to do with patience? Wait for it. Then do we with patience. Wait for it. I don't want to wait for patience, okay? I I need patience, but I want it now. Okay. That's not the way it works. Okay, we and we need to we need to trust in the Lord. We need to hope in the Lord. And sometimes what we've got to do is we've just got to. If you really want the Lord to work something out and to do that miracle for you, you've just got to determine. All right, you know what? I'm done going to Bank of America to get what I feel like I need and or to get what I want. I'm done going to Chase. I'm going to God, and I'm going to wait for God. Okay, if the Lord really if the Lord really wants me to have that 72 inch screen TV. Then the Lord's going to have to give it to me. I'm not going to Chase to get it. I'm not going to Bank of America. I don't know some of the other ones that are out there. I'm not going to those people. I'm going to do it. You might have to have some patience. You know, 72 inch TV. Lord might make you wait quite a while for that one. I don't know how bad we need those things. But patience. That is the key. And no man can serve two masters. We are so busy serving. These unknown people. Who's the head honcho at Chase? I don't know. But I'm going to spend a lot of my life working for him. And I don't know him and he don't know me and he don't care about me. And we got to ask her, we just got to ask ourselves, who am I serving? Okay, and do I want to add another taskmaster to my life? I want to serve I want to serve God. I want to I want to be close to my family. I want to have I want to have time for them. And we've got to, and if we're not careful, we can get greedy and we can we can 
bind ourselves to people who don't care about us and it will make our lives very difficult. And it will I want to be free to serve the Lord. So with that, let's all stand together, heads bowed and eyes closed.